and welcome back to the Thorn Files podcast. Previously, we have been introduced to the Four Hunters and the world in which our game will be taking place. We were introduced to Vera Bright, our brilliant engineer with her portable safe haven for the group, full of lore and a workshop for them to use while on task. We had Tabitha Thorne, the troubled heir to Thorne Investigations, who, on top of having terrifying nightmares, is also toying with magics that perhaps she doesn't fully understand the dangers of yet. We also have Peter Anderson, a man with a very dark past that has perhaps darker secrets he hides just beneath the surface. And lastly, we were introduced to Evangeline Lane Fox, who is the elegant spell slinger of the group and has been tasked while on job to act as the protector and supervisor of Tabitha and Peter, respectively. We had also been introduced to our first mystery. Laura Harper, the teenage daughter of Mary Harper, has been having terrible dreams. Now, the family is connected to Thorn Investigations, Frank, the father of the family, having been part of Thorn Investigations before he died in the war. And Annabelle, the head of Thorn Investigations and Tabitha's aunt, has tasked the group to go find out whether or not Laura's dreams are anything to be concerned about. After collecting their things and organising themselves for their trip, Evangeline asking Tabitha to go get a book on wavelengths, and Tabitha sort of doing that. Vera also asked Evangeline to finish off the incantations to put her oubliette into practice, the final mysterious part of her safe haven. This is the point that we will be starting off from today. So, with Evangeline has just finished off the oubliette, uh, what happens? As you finish up and close the door to the oubliette, um, it's a bookshelf. So <laughs> it's built into the, the library. It's a hidden door. Nice. Love that. Love that. Such an exquisite craftsmanship. Um, and I'd like to pick out two um, uh, mid-length scarves, t- scarves, and I will pick out um, two pairs of large rimmed sunglasses as well okay <laughs> okay <laughs> what do as you I, do as, as i head towards the beetle to tabitha <laughs> okay and i encourage her to sit in the front seat next to me i do because you've asked nicely um and i will ha- i'll hand over the scarf and glasses as i will do myself to kind of make sure that nothing goes awry with my hair and the large glasses on the top to, in case I need them. I will unwind the window and get ready for our drive. What does Tabitha do? <laughs> Should you have been handed the things to do the same thing with your hair? Um, I very carefully watch what Evangeline, how Evangeline does it. And because I don't, even though I heard her say that she would be my nanny, I don't want to be rude. So I half-heartedly tie it just once. I'm not putting the sunglasses on. I won't be able to it's, see. It's not very bright. <laughs> That's the thing. It's <laughs> September in Scotland. It's not bright. Um, it's cold and it's grey. But Evangeline looks like it's summer. That's how Evangeline looks. Um, Feels like it's summer and you're in her shining <laughs> in light. Her presence. Um, you head off uh, on your journey. You start driving. You um, Edinburgh is a very busy place to drive around in. Um, at the moment in Edinburgh, they have they still have trams uh, in 1952, so it makes it difficult to drive around, um, especially the lorry with all the wires that are sort of hanging around um, uh, to allow the trams to move around freely and easily. Um, and uh, so mixing up all the telephone wires and stuff. It's, it's a chaotic place, especially because it's very busy of pedestrians as well. Um, but once you get out of the city, um, you make your way south, uh, finding your way towards the West Midlands. Um, it's just not much, but is there anything anyone does on the road? Is it like... Very said, like I, would very much, I would very much love for Tabitha to read some experts from the Wavelength archive that she picked up for us. Um, so that we can brief ourselves on wavelengths mm-hmm. on the way there. So what you find 
um, Evangeline, is a, is a lovely book about um, the differences between swimming in uh, <laughs> like, like wide open waters and pools, uh, so waves and lengths. Um, but I have perfect diction when I read it. <laughs> it's very, very well read, but it is um, yes. definitely about swimming. <laughs> yes. I I realised very early this is not what I requested Angus to pick out. Make a note to um <laughs> have a conversation with him about accuracy when we return. Um but I let Tabitha continue because she's doing so well with her reading. And it's it's such it's so nice to have a, a book on such a long journey. Um yeah, just read out to you as you drive. <laughs> the fascinating subject. <laughs> Feel very bad for Angus. Can be Angus has been <laughs> to be the the uh, sort of uh, he's he's going to have a bad time because of this because of Tabitha's choices here. Um, that's fine. I'll keep that in mind. Um, no, no, it's good. It's good. I'm glad that this has happened. And immediately, <laughs> my NPCs are getting made to feel bad about decisions <laughs> they didn't make. Um, okay, so. Um, um, Yes. I just would have said that Peter would have been quite a nervous passenger. So I was kind of thinking yes, there are no motorways and this is all these winding roads and everything mm. else. Yeah. Um, he'll be nervous. And if we haven't stopped, at least after the first two hours, he'll start getting very antsy. So um, after a while, kind of hit the three hour mark, he'll be kind of like, oh, are we going to stop? We should, I thought maybe we should get some fresh air and maybe like have a walk. Go for a sit down and just maybe have a break. You that have okay, sounds oh, like sorry. a good idea, Peter. Um, just in front of you, uh, it'll be a little bit difficult to communicate that to the uh, the car, which uh, is just ahead of us. Just under the um, uh, the dash on your side, there's a small um, uh, a small handheld radio. Radio. Walkie-talkie. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of yeah, a, a radio that, that connects to the to the dash with a wire, like a ham radio. Yeah, yeah. Um, th I believe we should be on the same frequency as the radio in the car ahead. Would you like to call them? Hello. Say who we are. This is the van. Hello. Evangeline and Tabitha, the um, the small radio that's on, as I've attached to the dashboard of the Air Volkswagen, a beetle sort of crackles to life with Peter's voice. Um, I answer it and I say, "This is the car over." Um, as you go, as you go to, as you go to answer, I would say, "It's difficult to wait for the other line to re repeat the word over when they have finished." I think um, I feel like Peter might never get there. Yeah. Okay, we can wait. <laughs> okay, fine. I don't really, I don't answer. <laughs> I just was like, sorry, I was muted. This is this is the van. Hello, um, Peter. When you are communicating over the radio, when you've finished speaking, because only one person can speak at a time, it's important that you end the sentence with "over." This is really frustrating. This is the van. Over. There you go. Uh, hi, Peter. It's Tabitha. Sorry about that. Apparently there are very strict rules. This is the car, by the way. Over. Well, the rules are stupid, and we've been in the car too long, and we need to have a break. Over. Do you want a break, Evangeline? <laughs> Ambulate. Countryside looks quite pleasant here. Yes. Okay. Out. <laughs> so, um, as you're driving, you take breaks. Um, the, the next conversations are less <laughs> tumultuous than the first one. Less, not not <laughs> tumultuous. Um, so you uh, take breaks as you're going down towards um, the farm. Eventually, you find your way. The, you approach along a, a very narrow country street. So you've gone off even the windiest of roads, and now you are on a dirt track. Um, you 
and it's very difficult to drive with the lorry. The Beetle uh, is okay, but each pothole feels like your body is going to fall out of your body. Um, and you make your way along. You first come up to a small cottage, um, which uh, you recognize as uh, owl cottages on the, on the fence. So you know um, that this is where you're going to. Um, it's a very, very small, just a little two-story little cottage um, with a small, um, sorry, I mean, two-story as in ground floor, second floor. Um, and it's got a small garden, um, very nicely kept, very sweet, lovely little garden. Um, and uh, off in the distance, you see what probably is not Kill Farm. Uh, you've seen that on the map as well. It's what you are going towards. Uh, the road leads towards it. And what you can see at the moment is a sort of, uh, long wall, a uh, long, low wall that sort of surrounds the perimeter of this uh, farm. It's on a bit of a hill near the cottage. Um, you can see it looks like a fairly large farm. There's a farmhouse that's closest to you. Um, but so beyond that, you see that the uh, what looks like a barn, uh, other sort of large buildings, but it seems like the, the structure of the farm goes beyond that even further. Um, and um, as you're driving, you're making your way to the cottage, you see marching in front of you towards the farm is a sort of bedraggled um, group of soldiers are marching towards the farm. Not in order, they look like they might have been on um, some sort of... Um, the word uh operation like sort of a training exercise uh where they all are wearing their uniforms they are wearing sort of um uniforms to go out in the countryside with but they look tired and they look like they've been walking all day so at the moment they are um walking up and they are marching but with less fervor to their march um as they go towards the farm um as you approach the cottage and you pull up outside um was is Lancy uh, a tire for these soldiers? Um, they are land army. Mm. Um, you know that at the moment, um, national service is in order. Um, so they 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 are, they look like not necessarily people who have been in the army for very long. Um, especially you see that there are um six of them, six soldiers. Um. Some of them look a bit more, but three of them look a bit more put together. Three of them look a bit less put together. And you can guess that probably the ones that look a bit less put together are those that have been conscripted through national service. Um, and so they're, they're just sort of walking up towards the farm as you approach the cottage. Um, is there anything anyone does when you arrive? What do you do? Um, is there a reason why there are like military here? Yeah. Um, well, well, we'll have to ask the um, owners, but probably out on maneuvers, training exercises of some kind. They don't look, for the most part, like veterans to me, Peter. So, but they're okay, heading towards cool. the farm. They're not heading towards the cottage. So, let's go in and ask. No, good idea. Maybe Evangeline brought a book on the farm or something to explain what was here. She would probably know more than me. Um, I'm going to find a place that's not too in the way to pull up the van. Um, oh, I will say in tandem um, with it the, is um, getting towards. Is it is sort of getting towards the evening as well? So everyone knows, um, you you pull up and the soldiers are walking up to the farm. It's dark, so you can sort of see the backs of them as they are walking off. Uh, so I'll give you all a bit more of a idea of the setting. So you have this lovely cottage that's lit up from the inside. And you can see the garden. You can see the farm off in the distance. You see the soldiers walking over. It's dark. Um, and you, as you sort of approach the cottage, is it is there anyone? Would anyone take the lead? Would anyone naturally take the lead to go and approach the cottage? As we as we park and step out, I will glasses off. Um, the hair will come out from being held uh, by the scarf. Uh, light shake of the hair, step out. Um, and yes, I will just for everyone. Perhaps we should announce ourselves we have arrived. I'm sure they've been telegrammed to know we to expect us. 
Sounds good. Would you like to make our presence known? I just need to check uh, that everything in the back of the van is still in place. Of course. Um, and I will wander up towards the cottage. First. I will go um, to the cottage as well. Phone, are there any phone lines or wires or anything else? Or is it like very much on its own setting? Um, you see that there is um, the farm does not have a phone line, um, but uh, the cottage does. Is that the same with electricity? Would we be able to see whether or not um, places were hooked see, up? Yeah, so you will be able to see there's electricity running towards where the farm is as well. Um, you can see there is light in there, um, but the phone lines don't seem to have been set up towards the farm. Or if it had been, they've been taken down. So um, as Evangeline, you walk up towards the cottage, um, um, you approach, you knock on the door, you wait a short while um, while you hear talking on the inside. Um, like I said, it's a really sweet little cottage. Um, so the the door is framed in vines and flowers that have grown up and around them. Um, obviously, everything is it's come to winter now, so everything is dying off, but you get the impression that in the sun this would be a beautiful place. Um, and the door opens, and uh, you see a sort of uh, very small um mousy haired woman opens the door uh she has sort of big worried eyes when she looks up at, towards you evangeline um and she looks out she sees uh vera she sees peter she's tabitha and looks around she says, are you the um the people from uh, from frank's work Yes, my dear. Evangeline Lane Fox for investigations. Uh, I didn't know that there would be um, so many of you. Uh, do you please come in? Come, come in. Um, she she holds the door open for you. Um, as she opens the door, you see there is a teenage girl um, standing in the hallway behind her. But as you as she opens the door, the teenage girl clearly didn't want to be seen and to darts into a side room. Um, she says, ah, that's that's just Laura. Um, but she, she'll she'll come in a little bit, but she's uh, she gets nervous around new people. Um and please, please come. Um and she leads you into a living sort of a, a little living room, a very sort of snug and cozy little living room. Um small radio in the corner, a small little fireplace is crackling. Um and she's, ah, oh, you've, um, you've come all the way from Edinburgh. Do you want a, do you want anything to eat? We don't have, we don't have a lot, but I can, um, I can give you, uh, we have some bread. We have some, um, a little bit of meats. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Perhaps you can um, tell if you are hungry. Oh, um, hi, hello. My name is Peter. Um, I... I am a little bit hungry, so um, if you can spare, that would be lovely. Um, thank you, Evangeline. Um, but this is um, this is uh, Tabitha. Hello. Hi. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, my name's my Mary. Um, it's. Did you did. I'm sorry, I, I don't know much about um, Frank's work. I just thought, I, I just knew the name from when he worked at Thorn Investigations. Um, did it, did any of you know Frank or? I'm sorry. His name has, his name has appeared in a couple of the very interesting archive um, um, excerpts that I, I, I have looked through, but um, I, I'm not familiar with a lot of his time at Thorn Investigations. Okay. No, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, it's, it's a while now. I just was, you know, you hope um, to know a bit more. Uh, but it's, I'll, I'll go get Laura. You please make yourself comfortable. Um, 
as and uh, I'll go get her. Um, um, at this point, I'll have come in as well, um, just after checking to make sure that everything in the back of the van is still as it should be. Uh, uh, hello, you must be um, uh, Mary. Uh, my name is Miss Vera Bright. I'm with, um, well, you've already met my colleagues. Yes. Um, uh, I'm sorry that you had to drive all that way. I I'm sure it's nothing, um, but Laura just, she's been having this dream um, it's been going on for a couple of months, but it's it's just it's always the same. Um and I'm just worried about her. Um I I'll go get her. And she she rushed off and you hear like, Laura, it's um the other people are here to help. And um after a while she comes back in um with a teenager. It looks very similar to her. Um if she, you get the impression that probably Frank Harper was uh, taller than his wife because um, Laura is already taller than her mother, um, but she looks sort of very similar to her mother. Um, and she comes in um, and she sort of like looks down and she's sort of rubbing her hands and says, hello, um, are you going to help me with my dream? That's what we're here for. And uh, um, Mary says, oh, please, everyone, take, sit down, sit down. Um, she sort of pushes, essentially, pushes uh, Laura into an armchair. Um, as I said, there's a little sofa and there's a couple of little chairs. There's a little, uh, like a little stool as well for you to sit on. If no one can find this chair, there's a tiny little stool for you to sit on. <laughs> um, I said, I'll go get, I'll go get some, I, I think there might be some uh, bits of cake in my mouth. I'll go get, um, she hurries off to the, kitchen leaves Laura in the room with all with you four. Um, before we get stuck in properly, there is something that I've forgotten to do. Um, one of the moves that I took was yes, you have your the one moves. with the plan. Mm -hmm. um, so at the beginning of every mystery, I need to roll plus sharp. Um, if yeah, I may. No, yeah, no, feel free. <laughs> I think this, this actually feels like a good time to do that, because I wouldn't want you to do it before you did the travelling, because I feel like that's a you do, you do a roll and there's like, I, I take you to the place and it feels a bit sort of harsh. So you can do that. Um, I know if anyone else has any other roles that they want to do at the beginning of a mystery, I know that some people do actually have moves for that. thought Tabitha might have, but I've moved just a bit. It's uh, once per mystery whenever oh, once I once per want. mystery, not the beginning. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, thanks. I got an 11 plus two. So on a 10 plus hold two. Spend the hole to be where you need to be prepared and ready. Cool, cool, um, great. Can't wait for to figure out what that means. <laughs> In context, yeah, it's it's all very situational. It's it seemed very narratively interesting rather than no, it's, it's really useful mechanic. No, it's it's one of those ones which I I love how it sounds, but making it work <laughs> mystery was like I guess you're just there and you have the things you need. So you got yeah, to I mean, there. yeah, that's great. Yes, yeah, so I, yeah, <laughs> I, I can do that twice. And when I actually get there, I've got a minus one to act under pressure, so I probably won't be able to do anything useful. But <laughs> I'm here and I'm ready. Um, yeah, <laughs> great. Okay, so um, you uh, you're sitting in the room with Laura, um, and she's rubbing her hands, um, and she says, uh, "It's just a, it's just a dream, I think, but it's just." I keep having it and I asked my mum for help and she she got in touch with a few people and um well I can you help me yeah I think so can you tell us about the dream or is it too difficult no um I can tell you it's it's always the same. It's like I'm trapped. It's like I'm, it feels like I'm underground and I'm trapped and I can't move. It's like I'm being crushed. Um, and, I, and I know that I'm dying. I know I'm going to die if I stay there, but I can't get out. And I, I'm, I can't see, I, I keep hearing my voice, but it's, it's, I can't, it's like I'm not making myself say the words. I just hear myself saying them. Um, 
I say, I can't see, I, I can't, help me. And there's just nothing there, it's dark and, and then I, and I die. And it's the same every single time. And I get this, this pain in my head, this like sharp pain in my head. Um, like I, I had it once, uh, so the only thing I think that's similar, um, I was playing with Rose from the farm and um, I, uh, I, I, was, I was on a wall, I was, I was really young and I fell off the wall and I hit my head. Um, and uh, it's the only thing that has ever, I can think of that's any way similar. Um, but it's just really sore, and then I, I wake up, um, and oh, it's, it's really weird. It's really strange. But every time I I wake up, I I want to go and look at Knock Hill Farm, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense because um, I haven't been I haven't been there in in, in years um, now, but it's. Uh, I just feel like I need to go see it. I, I don't understand it, though. Do you say the same things every dream? Or it's exactly sometimes? the same every time. And it hurts and everything's sore. And when I have dreams before, like, it doesn't hurt when I get hurt in dreams, but it hurts. Mm. Does that make sense? I don't know. I feel like I'm going crazy. Did you... That makes sense. Have you been... To see the farm? No, Since so you I, started the dreams? Um, and as she's says, so, so, so her mother comes in. Um, she says, no, I, I haven't been up to Rock Hill Farm in, in years. Uh, I don't, don't really go up there anymore. Because you don't want to? You're scared of something that happened there before? or um, um, It's just, it's a, it's a bit sad be there now um, she looks over at mother we used to know the family that lived there very well um, it was uh, Marcus his wife Evelyn and their daughter Rose um, and this was before the this was before the war they they were did very very well and there was a very very good farm and they they had people over we we stayed there quite a lot and, and Rose is very friendly with with Laura. Um but well, Marcus went off to war um and and when the when he was away um his brother Thomas came to stay at the farm to so came to look after it. Thomas is um Marcus's little brother um but he didn't go to the war he as an injury um he wasn't able to go. Uh so I mean, in my opinion, and she sort of looks towards Lauren, I think Thomas and Evelyn used to have a thing, but I, I don't think, it used to be romantic, but um, it hadn't, as far as I'm aware, um, that was that was well in the past, um, but uh, she sort of offers cakes to everybody, little cakes and little bits of bread and, and cheese and, and a little bit of meat, um, and she's but they, it's been a very long time. Um, and, well, while Thomas was looking after the farm, um, Evelyn and Rose both got sick one winter and um, they both died. And um, Marcus never came back from the war. And uh, now Thomas just lives there. And he's, you know, he's he's fine, but he's a troubled man. I wouldn't, I don't begrudge him being um, the way he is, but he doesn't really like people coming up to the farm anymore. Um, there, there are soldiers there now, but I think that's only because it's a way for him to make money. I don't think they're doing much in the farm in terms of providing anything. What do you mean troubled? Well, it's, if if his brothers died and um, and people he was close to both died as well. He's sort of stuck on this place, stuck in this place that he does not want to be um, with all these memories of things he might not want to remember. So he wasn't 
troubled before. Oh, I, I don't know. I didn't know him very well before. I mean, he always came across as a bit stern. How how long ago? How long ago for what? Uh, did did they die? Um, uh, it's a few years now. It was during the war. Um, I can't remember the year. Um, a, a few years ago. It, it was one of the things I didn't really know that it had happened until afterwards. Because um, I, I knew that they had been unwell. Um, but I didn't know until... Until I... Until I saw people driving past. Um, the doctor came and I saw... Their bodies being taken away in hearses. It, it was it was a sad way to find out. Um, yeah. How long after their deaths did your dreams start? Oh, excuse me. They only started a couple of months ago. Um, which is what's really strange. I don't. I, if if it's something to do with me being sad about them, then why didn't it happen a few years ago? Yes. So, can you help me? We will do our very best. We will have further questions, and we will. This may take a, a little time for us to unravel, but I feel confident that we can manage. Do you see Thomas at all these days? Is he out on the fields at all? Does he? Well, I mean, and this is Laura speaking. She, um, well, I walk, I walk around the countryside quite a lot, and um, I sometimes see him at nighttime through the windows. If if I look out my window at the farm, um, but if I, when I'm out walking, he sometimes walks around the fields, um, but he doesn't walk too far. He's got like he's he's got an injury. He doesn't walk very well, um, and he there's a there's an orchard out the other the other side of the. Um, farm that there's uh, rose bushes in, and um, he walks around that quite a lot. But it's a, it's a, it used to have very nice apples, but they're not very good anymore, as far as I'm aware. Not I've stolen, I haven't stolen any of them, um, but then they just don't look very nice anymore. Is is there a reason why you walk so often? my mind off of things. What do you take your mind off? What is there to take your mind off? She looks over at her mum. Um, my husband loved the countryside. And, um, well, he used to have bad dreams as well. And I think this is maybe, um, I think it's maybe playing on Laura a little bit. Would would his bad dreams be similar in nature to as the ones as that Laura is experiencing? No, his bad dreams would always be something that um, it'd be about people that he knew, about, and just sort of like uh, little things, little things. But it'd be it always unsettle him. Um, It'd never be something like this. He used to tell me, but it was, they never stuck in my mind because they were always just, they, they felt like dreams, but they were um, never, and Morris is uh, terrifying like mine. Uh, Laura, sometimes when I have a nightmare, um, other senses kind of kick in. Do you smell anything or is there a taste in your mouth or? I taste blood and dirt in my mouth. Dirt. Okay. What do you smell? I don't know if I can smell anything. It smells like, like sort of my breath, like hot, like, like I'm, like if you, if you cover your face with your hands and you can, and you breathe and you smell just, it doesn't smell like much. It smells like damp air. When you dream, can you feel anything else? I scratch at the, I scratch at the darkness and um, 
it hurts. It just feels like soil and a compacted hard soil and it's it's like rocks and it hurts when I scratch at it and and oh, it, I feel my fingernails break and it's like I, I, I feel strong when I start but it I lose that strength and you just seen beyond that and you touch it nothing I just my strength goes and I feel myself drifting away I feel like it's crushing me how frequently do you have these dreams every couple of nights so often and she's uh, mother says um she hasn't been sleeping very well um, at all. I, I feel like I, I feel like we should move, but I don't want to lose our home. Um, we've lived here our whole lives. This is where we moved so we could have Laura. Um, but if we need to move, we will. Do you have any friends or relatives that Laura could stay with? Have you tried I have, spending I have, any time away from the farm? Um, I have, but since the dream started, I have. But they they live further away. It hasn't really been an option for us. But um, I, I'll think uh, we we could do we could give that a try. If you think that would work? It might be worth exploring. It's well, maybe if we were to look. Maybe go and see the farm, walk around and see these places. Maybe, Laura, you'd like to come with us. We can see if anything happens to you. Laura looks very nervous at the idea of that. You would be with all of us. You would be completely safe, Laura. Well, perhaps we can introduce ourselves to the farmstead first before we take Laura. It's always good to understand where we are going and what could I, be happening there before we do that? I would like uh, Peter to roll and manipulate someone. Roll. What you're trying to do is get her to do something. What is my plus on that? Um, is it, um, it's Trump, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, 10. Um, okay, so. Um, so if you get roll 10, they'll do what you. Do, they'll do it for they'll do it but for ah sorry they'll do it for the reason you gave them um just, i i want to make it better so i i'll i'll come to the farm and her mother says if you go and talk to thomas first then i'll let her go up i think you should let her come with us when we go actually I'd like to exert my will over the mother. I do not think it's proper, Peter, to do so. Uh, I'd like to exert my will over the mother. Please. Whispering, I'll be like, <laughs> Peter, she's only young. You can do a manipulate someone on this as well. No, I'm going to do mental dominance. Oh, mental dominance. Um, I'm okay. looking at her, and I'm going to try and give her an action to let us use her daughter as we see fit. Okay. Do you roll anything for that, or is it just... Oh, no, yeah, I have to roll, um, and it was, um, I have to roll plus charm, um, so that comes out at an 11. On a 10 plus, I hold three, um, and I may spend my hold to give them orders. Okay, so yeah, I mean, you use one of them, which is, if you really think it would work, and Laura, this seems happy to go, then fine, she can go up with you. Yes, you should let us use your daughter as we see fit to help us with this. As long as she's safe. Whatever it takes. Is that you using your third hole? It is. <laughs> I want her to feel better. Um, as Peter does this, it's like the light in the room gets darker. And the light itself is darker from some unseen thing behind him. 
um, as I'll leave it at that for the moment. Yeah. Um, it is late, everything will though, be okay. Perhaps, perhaps we shall wait until the morning. We have had a long journey. We, we probably need to rest before we embark on any adventures towards the farm. Yeah, of course, of course. That sounds best. Yes. Do, do we not wish to observe the dream tonight? Absolutely. It might Absolutely. not be proper to for all of us are, to observe. You are all women. There is no reason for this. You can be amongst your kind and watch this. I don't know if we need three people stood over her while she tries to fall asleep. Um, I think I would be more than happy to sit in a, a chair of some kind. Do you have an armchair in the room? Can we move one up there? I can the chair. make sure that she has some company, hopefully not too intrusive, and keep an eye. Does that sound okay, Laura? Yes, yeah, it does. Yes, of course. Whatever, whatever helps. Okay. Um, so, Evelyn, um, sorry, no, uh, no, Evelyn, Mary, um, she says, um, we have us, we do have a guest bedroom, but, um, it's not very big. Uh, if one of you is staying in the room with, uh, Laura tonight, um, going to be a bit of a squeeze. Uh, we do have, we have a blanket as well if anyone wants to sleep, sleep on our sofa. There's also some room in the van as well, if anyone would like a bit more privacy. Um, I can sleep in the van. It doesn't seem proper that I sleep in here with all of you. Speedy, you go and sleep outside in the van. Vera sits in the chair. Well, and I will just say to everyone before they like pay the rest, perhaps we can go and collect our things from the van before we settle for the night. Yes. Now we'll usher everyone towards the van. <clears throat> so we can talk. Oh. <laughs> yes, we're, we're, having, we're having a tete-a-tete -tete <laughs> outside. We're yeah. having a tete-a-tete -tete in the van, yes. Okay. Why do we leave the least gifted of all of us with the child to watch her? When somebody else could be more, use their power, use other means to watch her sleep or understand her dreams? Fear is very As we walk into the van. Is she able to see the child's dreams? Does she have a history of this type of problem? I do not know. Um, Peter, you can address me directly. I don't. No, you're quite right. If either you think that it would be more advantageous for you or <coughs> Tabitha, um, that is a very good point, Peter. I, I don't have any expertise in that kind of practice. I, I am merely very well read. If either of you feel more confident, be my guest. I do not feel confidence is what I have, but I do have experience in this nature. Um, I am aware of individuals that possess um, psychic like abilities, precognitive or awe-inspiring, and they may not understand all of it when they do, but to those they gift it to, it really is a blessing. Um, I, met a, I met one such individual during the war, um, and he he told me of a place that now staying. I um, didn't understand it when he told me this. And we parted on very finite terms. But many moons that passed from there, I found myself in this place most fortuitously. And it was like I was meant to be there. But had he not said that name to me, had he not known what he knew, I would not have gone. 
is a gift. She is an individual like the person I met. She might be seeing her death. And that surprises me somewhat to go trifling with. How do you know that this is not some other creature that speaks with her? Some other creature she needs to be protected from. The man that I met in the wall. His name was Frank. Well, if that's the case, then we absolutely shouldn't take her to the mm. farm. Why not? Well, if she's having a premonition of her own death, and then when she wakes up, she feels a terrible connection to the farm, then I think, I don't know, perhaps jumping to conclusions, but the conclusion I've jumped to is that that would be her place of death, that maybe we should not tempt that. She's only a young girl. Whatever this thing is that wants to place her in the ground and kill her this way, maybe we have no hope in stopping it, and maybe we should just concentrate on what else we should stop and stop it from happening again. What if her death was the only way that we could prevent this from happening again? Sometimes the deaths of the many outweigh the death of the one. That might well, be the wrong way around, how I've described that, but I think you get what I'm trying to say. You. I that do. Is a, it's an opinion. It, you are quite right, Peter. We should be wary of both. We can investigate this ourselves, involving Laura as little as possible. And if it turns out that we require her involvement in a in a way which does put her in jeopardy we can reassess we can talk about it again so what are we doing i'm sleeping in the oh. guest bedroom <laughs> sleeping in the van um eva are there any books on my shelves that draw your eye They're mostly historical and reference works rather than specifically to do with ghosts and premonitions, but plenty of people throughout history have experienced unsettling dreams. Yes. Or I was most interested in understanding the way wavelengths are received. Like receptors in the brain, the psychic wavelengths, or any form of wavelength itself. Do we have anything that could kind of illuminate the way these things work? I absolutely have reference works. Uh, here, I have several books on radio transmission. Um, I don't know if any of this will be perfectly suited to interfacing with human brain but she's she if she's picking up something from somewhere her mind is picking up be it magical or psychic some phenomena well i i do also have equipment here that we could use i, I have soldering irons i have radio equipment that we could modify if you had in mind particular alterations that we Wait, could nice. make, we might be able to tap into something. Some form of magical wavelengths, psychic wavelengths, so we can perhaps measure when she's happening, her dream. She'll probably be thrashing about in the bed and we'll just know that it's happening that way. 
I'll I, I could stay out in the van and monitor or or take some radio equipment with me inside the house um and stay in the in the spare bedroom or on the sofa and monitor that while you monitor the girl. Okay. So Vera sets up her equipment. Evangeline sitting with uh Laura as she sleeps. Peter sleeping in the lorry. Anything else for Peter? I have a question. Yeah. The um using magic, um, observe another place in time. Um, does that extend to observe someone's dreams? Um, I would argue that dreams aren't necessarily a place. That is beyond human limitations. So theoretically, if you combine a couple together. Ooh, um, I would say reading, looking at, you know what? I would say looking at someone else's dreams is big magic. That's what I'd say. In this, you're trying to tap into someone else's mind and experience their dreams as they are your own. I think that's a big magic. And what sort of big magic would this require? (laughs) Um, So... Um, because we've got lots of people, we've got lots of people. Um, you can do rituals, you need to uh, cast a spell. Well, I was, I was just, I was just putting it from my experience. I've, I've ever seen, um, I've ever seen forms of, I don't know, magical interrogation. This feels like we're trying to use something like that, um, in a much less intrusive way, okay. Uh, so what you want to do is to tap into the dream to see the dream uh, and sort of yeah maybe would I, not would I be able it. to use my yeah I don't would I be able to like project the dream from her mind so that we could see it <laughs> okay yeah I'd say you could probably you could do that so you could see it um, what I'm going to say is um, okay the parameters of it you need to be in there at the time, yeah. you would know you have to be in the room while she's sleeping to cast it. Um, yes. You would know that you need people to cast this spell. Well, not one person could do that. Um, you, we need uh, to use magic as part of the ritual. Mm-hmm. And that, yes. but a side effect of it, a dan- there is, it is dangerous. The danger yes. being um, I would say your experience, you know, what you're doing is tapping into potential psychic wavelengths of a paranormal creature. And if you tap into those yes. page wavelengths, that creature might know that you're doing it and might be attracted to you. That is the danger. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Go that to you. Surely we can exhaust our investigative skills first. We are, after all, investigators. Yes, perhaps we should observe. I don't think Annabelle would be very happy to know that we jumped in gung-ho. Well, Annabeth will only know what happens in the report, Tabitha. She she knows. I'm sorry. She looks at me and she just knows things. I don't know. So, um, are we even doing big magic or not big magic? No big magic well, yet. I, I, I think it'll probably take yeah. It'll take time to prepare. So, not that's our kind of. But observe, observe. Weaving in. We're going to observe. We're going to do an observation tonight. Vera's going to let me know if she picks anything up. Perfect. Yeah. So try to put together some sort of equipment based on Eva's uh, recommendations and uh, best guesses. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think this needs to be a roll. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I once did attend. I was I once attended a really um, interesting electro. Um, scope um, symposium um, in London called the War. Um, so perhaps you could oscillate your frequencies and see what you can target. Okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah, Evangeline, can you roll the help out? 
And then we'll see, Vera, it's going to be an act under pressure to make this oh, what? equipment. Um, I ju I'm just trying to think that it's the only one that makes sense for it. Um, or oh, do you have the help out is awful. It's fine. I rolled a three for help out. It's a four minus one. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. You're telling um, you so many exciting things. <laughs> you, think, so. you expose yourself to danger or trouble or danger without helping. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Um, so eventually, uh, you're sitting in the room, right? Okay, that's fine. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I was hoping to sort of be doing this and hoping to pick up something while uh, while something was taking place, or if and when something took place. Mm -hmm. So I, I was pushing towards investigate a mystery rather than act under pressure. Okay. Yeah. I'll say if that's yeah, it will go for investigate a mystery. Oh, well, that's a 12 plus 2. Fantastic. Uh, 10 plus hold 2. Right. Okay. So um, we'll hold those two questions, your two questions, um, and set up the situation for you to ask your questions afterwards um, okay. or while it's happening. So Tabitha's in the spirit room. Peter's in the No, I think Vera said that she wanted it, so I would actually just let her have it. <laughs> Okay. Um, right. Okay. Um, fine. So, Peter all, Peter all have gone to sleep out there. But if we're doing monitoring of the girl for a period of her dream or anything else, Peter will um, walk around the outside of the building, and we'll make sure that there's nothing else in the vicinity of the building whilst anything else is going on. Perfect. Okay. Um, Laura eventually gets to sleep. Um, she finds it a bit odd sleeping with somebody in her room. But she eventually turns over and ignores Evangeline. Um, I, would, I would happily sing her like a, a little lullaby. She, she's it's fine, it's fine. I don't need, it's fine. I don't want to. She pulls the covers over, <laughs> um, and she sleeps. And a few hours pass. Peter, you're walking around the outside, and you can hear the sounds of the wildlife of the countryside, sort of moving around you and Vera, your uh the devices that you've set up um sort of tick along. There's a sort of static sound that you hear um as they don't pick up anything for a very long time. Um so eventually eventually you watch as Laura starts to sort of turn in her sleep. And as you see this, the devices that Vera set up start to sort of crackle every ever so slightly. And Peter, and while you might not be aware that this is happening, there comes a point when you're walking around outside when everything gets very quiet. The sounds of all the creatures nearby stop. And Evangeline, um, I'd want to read that. I want. I'd want to read a bad situation. By the way, at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, read a bad situation. Then uh, still roll. Is that all right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's uh that's a six. Yeah, I mean that's not it's not a good one. Um, I miss. You might misread the situation, so you, um, what you sense, Peter, is that this idea that something that everything's gone quiet. In your opinion, it means that something's coming to the house. You read it that there is a predator coming towards the house, and everything's left. And I will go very much. I will. I will make more of a thing now of looking around and everything. Okay. As you see, you don't see anything approach, and you realise that you probably have read the situation wrong. There isn't something to come towards the house, but something has made everything in the area quiet down. Um, and Evangeline's gone. Um, Vera, uh, you're, oh, would Vera be monitoring the equipment, or would it Yes, choose? yeah. Vera would be with the equipment. Um, so, it starts to crackle. It's, it's not... It's tricky because it's not 
words that come with it. It's not like it's a radio in that sense. It's, it's trying to tap into psychic wavelengths. So it's not trying to, it's not like a phone line. Um, but you hear a sort of rhythmic, just a sort of fuzzy sound, sort of rhythmic every couple of seconds, just a you hear this sound over and over again. Um, and Evangeline, you're sitting there and uh, you hear Laura say, um, you hear her say, help, help me. I can't see. I can't and her voice gets choked um, as you see her start to move more and she says it again she says help help me I can't see I'm in the room, I I'm in the room on my own uh, you are in the room on your own you actually um, I'm going to say as well she says it again she says it again and you sort of you get it is there anything that you would do at that moment I'm going to touch my hands, touch my hands to my amulet, close my eyes, and then I'm going to use um, the I, my ability of third eye to open up my mind, or open up my magical senses. And it says I can um, use my third eye ability, which is when you read a bad situation, you can open up your third eye for a moment and take in all extra information. Okay. Take plus one. And yeah, and as I do, you, the weave will just, uh, magic will just like float out and start trying to show me things. Okay. So this exposed all the information to you. So we're all your bad, be bad situation. Heaven. <laughs> okay, <laughs> close. Okay, uh, so ask your ask your question, and I'll tell the other information that's coming as well. How can I protect her? You sense as your magic filters out through the air around you, and um, that. This um, connection that Laura has is giving her these dreams. Um, it's connected to her because of proximity. And you see it in a similar way. It's not like it's uh, um, in this, as you open your third eye and you look at things as sort of this magical view, um, you have the seams of light as your magic. Whenever you cast something, it seems of light. What you see around Laura are cracks. So cracks that lead from her bed up the wall and towards her, surrounding her. Um, and it's almost like cracks in the earth, but on things like her bed, which if they, there was a tear, it would be like a tear in the fabric. But what it is, in fact, it looks like, uh, like it's made of stone and it's been broken. And these cracks are out from her and um, towards the window out towards the farm um, and what you sense seeing this is that Laura has these cracks going towards her and you have these cracks going towards you sort of edging their way closer towards you as you watch and you get the sense that they are edging towards other people but not Mary her mother something to do with Mary stops her having the having the same connection as Laura what we're going to do though however as you sense this and um, you get um, so with that move do you get all the other questions as well because you did roll it you get, I, get to, I get to hold one and I can see the invisible stuff that's everything that would be yeah you get that um laura says help help me 
I can't see. I can't. And you set, you realise that you've been looking around and staring at these cracks and you're sensing it and feeling where the magic is in the room. And you realise you haven't been looking at Laura and you look down and she's staring right at you. Help! Help me! And you realise you are also saying it now. As you expose yourself to danger with your role earlier on. <laughs> And, and you get this. To hear this over the walkie-talkie. <laughs> yeah, and Vera immediately hears Evangeline saying this, these words. As you sense, Vera, the rhythmic sound that you are hearing through your um, through your machines becomes clearer, clearer in a way that it shouldn't be getting that clear. And it doesn't sound like um, wavelengths anymore. It sounds like hands scratching at dirt. It sounds like panting. It sounds like somebody choking. You can't hear the words, but you can sense this, and at the same time, you hear Evangeline say this to you over the walkie-talkie. Um, well, I'd like to know what is being concealed here, as one yeah. of my two hold yeah. questions, as as okay. the sounds start to clarify. Okay. What is being concealed here? Um, uh, something is connecting to people in this area something is forcing them to act in a certain way and say certain things um and that thing now has not only gone from laura it's also now connected to evangeline in a real way lovely um Uh, I'm not quite sure how many of the other questions really apply super well. Um, other than maybe what can it do? If I can now hear Vera, uh, Eva, um, having this same connection. You get the impression that, well, you know that Laura has been having these during her sleep, these dreams. Um, Evangeline is awake. So it is now able to control things that are awake. Okay. You hear Evangeline say this, you hear this over the radio, you hear the crackling, and Peter, you're outside uh, in the cold September air where there is no sound at all. And then suddenly, Peter, a sound from your past cracks through you. You hear the sound of gunfire at the farm. As the shots ring out, you hear the sounds of a horse screaming. And Vera, you hear all of this mixed together. Tabitha, you are in the living room and you hear now as Laura starts shouting, Evangeline shouting, and gunshots at the farm. 